Welcome to the Intimate Breath Podcast. My name is Lore and here we have intimate conversations, personal stories and interviews about anything related to intimacy and sexuality. And this is in a broad sense of the word sexuality, not only in the bedroom, but just how do we live from a connection to our own body, to our boundaries, to our desires and really create from that space. So welcome here and today I am here with Lisa. She has been uh, earlier on the podcast as well sharing her abortion story and also her experience being at the gynecologist and how consent was there experienced. Um, And this time we are diving into the theme of playing with desires, rewriting inner stories um, so a way of reconditioning and and playing with reconditioning in a very fun way so Lisa and I have been sharing many moments in different settings where desires have been lived out expressed or um, explored in a group setting mainly in group settings but also in in duo or smaller groups and in this episode you're going to hear some of our experiences and what it has meant for us um, how it has been to share this with other people that maybe have very different desires than we would initially ask for and um, why it has been so valuable for us to create those moments intentionally and uh, of course this is a big part of my turn on but also uh, what I'm offering nowadays in my work especially I have two weekend retreats coming up both are called the sacred desire playground there's one um, 27 to 29th of October in Sweden and then there's one in Belgium February February (laughs) 2nd to 4th Um, so this is to also just give you a little bit of an inside look um, what this is really about for us at least and maybe for you it is about something else Um, the weekends are for people that already have some experience in tantra uh, maybe in bdsm that are not new when it comes to consent work and exploring these themes in a group setting so if you're ready to take a next step and to uh, to really expand your comfort zone and, and explore how desires can also bring uh, more depth in your emotional life, in your relational life, please go ahead and reach out. <laughs> I hope you enjoy this episode and uh, please let me know. I'm so eager to... Uh, get a message from you or just uh, see the rating on whatever podcast app you are listening on Um, super valuable to get your feedback here we go hey lisa I'm really excited to sit here with you and talk about desires and I think for me where I want to start is 
just how much I enjoy exploring my desires even before I want to act on them. Just finding out where is my aliveness, what excites me, what is it that I really want. Uh, there's such a power in that and it really enlivens me to talk about them and to to brainstorm about them regardless whether they're work-related, romantic, sexually or, or anything else. I'm curious how that is for you, Lisa. Have you been playing with that outside of workshops? Yeah, definitely. And it's so much easier when you have like the playground when that's like explicitly what you're doing, that it just kind of pops up in life. Like also just the normal conversations. Like, can I just, we usually say blob, like, can I just talk and you just listen now? Or, mm. you know, can you just hold my hand for, for a moment? Uh, or like can you tell me it's okay that I'm crying now or like to ask for all these things that I desire in in a really explicit way not like not having to tip tiptoes around tiptoe around what I want so I would say it's the, like that it just becomes like infiltrate life it infiltrates life mm -hmm. in small ways And then also in like, in more specific ways that I can like gather my friends to either celebrate things that I want to celebrate or like uh, witness me in transitions, help me to share somehow what I need to be witnessed or shared, have shared in that moment. Like, so I would say I, I'm... It's playing out in my life by itself, just just having these moments every here and there in workshops where I train because it's it's a skill, I would mm -hmm. say. I was so bad in knowing what I wanted. And I remember the first time when I got the question, how would you like to be touched? Or um, how would you like to touch me for your pleasure? These are like the main questions of the Wheel of Consent. It took me minutes to feel what I actually wanted to ask. And now, as you say, it's like, it's so easy to forget how ingrained it is already in like, just letting each other know how we want to be uh, met in something that we share. Like, can you just share a reflection? Can you only listen? I don't even need a, like uh, something back. Or can you, uh, can you tell me that... <laughs> It is okay for me to be this or feel that or so to be so specific in these things and when you say it's like little things I they are little but they actually feel really big when I'm like being with someone who doesn't have that yet it feels so much harder to know how to meet them. It's easy to get used to. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I would say the skill is for me has also been learning how how it's like the journey itself of of making the inquiry of what do I actually want right now? What do I desire? And that there can be like there's no straight road. Like the point isn't that I will find what it like immediately feels good, mm -hmm. but just that I'm open to explore and to voice my explorations and like 
do I want this? Okay, let's try that. Okay, no, it wasn't exactly that, but can you keep your hand there and do this with your other hand and tell me this at the same time? Like, to be open, it's like a, it's like opening to the flood of my own small, small voices from the body because mm -hmm. I also recognize it in, also in my personal life now with the baby and not having a partner that I don't have so much intimacy. So being in an intimate space, someone asking me, how can I touch you? It's like there's a more than knowing what touch I want. It's being open for the the flow of my body telling me what feels good mm -hmm. and just following along mm -hmm. somehow and being open for that changing or taking a new route or stopping or running or like mm -hmm. in what it's telling me. I mean. And I think I feel like clarifying, or I don't know exactly if you're talking about this, but w when I listen to you now, I'm reminded of the evenings that we sometimes have where each of us gets 10, 15 minutes maybe to um, request to anyone else that's there for certain ways of touching or talking or moving or whatever it is that you want from them. And, um, and having that only for yourself um, and in a way also being completely responsible for your own experience because no one else is just gonna do something to you or take initiative um, and if someone would ask me now like what do you want for the coming 15 minutes that's a hard one to feel and then when I listen to you it's like but where do I want to start And then every minute it can become something else or it can fine-tune to what... I'm nodding my head. Yeah. It doesn't show, but yeah. I'm nodding. Yeah. And in a way it's like, that's like a practice ground or a playground. It's also just really fun. But it's also what what I hear you do and and me do in, in life, hmm. like in the bigger picture. And I mean, sometimes that door closes and just having a workshop or like a moment with with a friend it's so helpful mm -hmm. to step away from that conversation or from that moment or from those that hour that we share um and feel how it just f like immediately flows into all other situations in life i have the same anytime i'm facilitating a workshop around this as well it's like there's at least one bolder request that I make afterwards to mm. someone that I I didn't make before is like I feel that like I'm in touch with that like just you know what do I want and do I dare to ask for it uh, yeah so nice you get that out of your own workshop yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so nice yeah. to hear yeah. Yeah. do you want to share a bit more about these I imagine that like transition moments or being witnessed in or celebrated in something that um, it's a bit vague maybe and I would love to hear some example so one moment was I I um, I chose to have a belly blessing instead of a baby blessing because <laughs> I wanted it for myself and so I um, I created this space where I invited Uh, a lot of um, humans that I 
that I enjoy, mostly that I enjoy dancing with. And I asked, um, I asked for these humans to to tell me. I mean, one part of of the gathering was hearing what I needed to hear for my birth from other people's mouths, um, and having the touch that I wanted at the same time, like having my name said mm-hmm. in different ways, sang in different ways, um, asking these humans to shake their butt for me <laughs> yeah. for the birth in a certain way. like, And it's it's just such a... I've, I've really started to um, find the yumminess in gathering people and the intention is already there that it's for me. Like that's such a gift that someone shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a really like happy event, one could say. But I've also used it in like now recently I used it as a, a transition for my last relationship um, of being both like sharing, hearing other share loving memories with this person that I still really love um, and sharing that love like being helped in seeing and acknowledging everything that has been really loving and fulfilling but also being witnessed in in a letting go mm-hmm. uh, and in an acceptance I guess and inviting for something different and like because I can do that a million times in my head every day but sharing that with with two friends um it just yeah it's like it's 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 like weaving in something materialistic into the thoughts somehow or into the patterns that I have in my emotional life like it just makes more of a it helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really like a desire that pops up in you that enables you to create your own rituals that right. just feel very natural to you in like the moment where you're that you're at. Or would you? Yeah, yeah. I would say it's like it's it it helped me to in a sense create what maybe some people would call like a ceremony or a ritual Mm -hmm. but it's so easy like it's so because I think before for me like a ceremony was something that maybe I would like learn from someone else Mm -hmm. and implement it in my life and now I feel like I I know I I know how to recreate that those spaces for myself when I really need them Mm -hmm. Uh, like I I guess like I wouldn't have known if it wasn't the time Mm -hmm. but when it's the time for that ceremony my whole self just knows yeah what is needed who is needed and what is needed which is a really cool Mm -hmm. self-care yeah uh, skill that it feels so good to trust that I'm reminded of a moment where last year I um, it was weeks after a breakup and I haven't been in like women's circles for a while now I haven't felt that longing to be only with people with uh, vaginas or you know Um, and then it just came so strongly to 
like the longing to be with people that also have a womb and that have a cervix and I was struggling to feeling how much I was still with that like child longing towards my ex and it felt really like it was in my womb <laughs> and maybe this is a bit weird for some people to to uh, understand where like maybe it's too energetic or too but it really felt like he was there and um it was so special for me to feel so clearly the longing of like I want to be with with some people now that also have a womb and I want to reconnect together with them uh, to that part of my body and kind of re-own it with their help and to just feel the longing a little bit out of nowhere and just send the messages and just create that and just like you say it's like maybe there's some format of like conscious re conscious uncoupling ceremonies or rituals or but but this just comes completely out of myself because I'm in touch with what I want what I need in that moment and it's so easy to to just create when I dare to trust that my longing can also be valuable for those that I invite and I yeah. think that's a big one that because I have been in others their desire things and I have felt how powerful it is for, for me to be in them that I dare to trust that I have the longing I can create this and it can be super valuable for those that step into it for me um, but also for themselves mm -hmm. I think that trust is a is has been a big one for me. Um. It's true. It like it really takes trust in other humans to invite to do something. Only I mean, only in in, in exclamation. Is this an exclamation? No, in in uh, two fingers. Uh, oh God, I don't know the English word. <laughs> anyway. Right, it's a bunny, bunny yeah. fingers. <laughs> like to do something only for me, and trusting that this is something valuable also for these people, and like many. Uh, I'm also thinking that since it ripples out for me, and I'm sharing other people's transition times it's been rippling out for me also as a, only a participant that it's something really valuable for the community around also mm -hmm. like someone voicing their needs is we're all humans in a sense so I feel like even the times when I haven't been able to fully relate to the exact situation someone else is going through like I can I can relate to loss, I can relate to longing, I can relate to like the, all these like basic human feelings of like going through rituals with other people's stories of how these emotions get moved. Mm -hmm. It's so like it's it's relieving isn't the right word, but like it's it's expanding also for me mm -hmm. as a participant mm -hmm. and almost in a sense liberating of not having to like make something that fits everyone in the group that it is specific like it is for this person mm -hmm. and maybe there's two desires at the same time when you have a group right and they can actually fit together mm -hmm. 
which is a beautiful example of how things like stories kind of play into each other sometimes Mm -hmm. but it's like these basic emotions that wants to be seen and moved and and felt Mm -hmm. in the presence of of only one other person or or a group yeah and i've definitely had the experience of and now i'm like my mind goes to the like the intentional desire playgrounds where i've been in where there's a group that's really like wanting to go deeper in like like um, expanding their comfort zone finding new parts of themselves and really living that in the safety of a group that wants to join them in that and support them in that and then also rescripting or rewriting stories and then i would love to share some concrete examples of that but i i wanted to say now that I've definitely been witnessing or being part of some desires that I really didn't feel so much when I heard what they wanted. Like I, I didn't, I didn't, as you say, like I didn't relate so much to like um, one person that experienced a lot of war inside of them and, and really wanted to lift that outside of them somehow or or one person that just was struggling with a lot of body shame in another way than I have been experiencing and and um, and then being in those desires meeting them in the way that they're requesting has every time brought something new in me that I didn't know about like uh, I'm trying to find an example like the war thing um, got me in touch with the one in me that loves to hurt, but also the one in me that's scared of people liking to hurt. Like I was like just experiencing <laughs> different parts of me that I haven't been so much in touch with mm. in that way. And um, so that was super valuable for me. And I'm still thinking back of that, even though it's a year ago. Um, even though that desire was initially not something that I thought I would get something out by participating in. Mm. Do you want to share, you were just saying how how you have also used these like intentional spaces with a, with a group, I'm assuming, or with one or two more people to re-script? Yeah. Which one go, do I do first? <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to... Mm, one of them... What is rescripting for you? Yeah. Wanna... Yeah, thank you. Rescripting for me is like... We have this programming inside of us. We've been learning so much just by growing up. For example, don't be too loud. Or um, learning to... Like not having death integrated in life, like avoiding that because that's how you grew up, like these kind of things. And I'm giving examples now to what I've been working with. Mm. Um, And actually creating a new experience that is 
maybe very similar to what you've experienced before. Imagine you had a trauma where you got touched in a certain way that you really didn't want to. A rescripting could be that you actually choose for that with the people that you want and in the way that you want. Mm. And you're rewriting that story, kind of creating a new experience, but this time by choice, this time with people that you trust. And maybe the old feelings can come up, but there are also new feelings attached to it. And it's really like retraining your system in a way. And you can do that in many different ways. Um, And in a way you're doing that all the time. As you're living and you're like, if you're a little bit busy with personal development and maybe like trying to get rid of some bad habits and add some good habits, like it's all the time rescripting that you're doing. Um, But I'm really a fan of making time for that in a like condensed way. And I also asked that for my birthday party. I, I gathered people that I knew already had some experience in being in these kind of spaces, being also in like uh, sex-positive spaces, so that there wouldn't come up like too much uh, stuff around that. Like mm-hmm. if it's the first time, there it can be challenging in certain ways to to be exposed to. You know, other people making out very close to you, or mm. uh, or nudity, or so uh, there was people that are already very used to that. And I'm assuming, like, if you want to rescript something, for example, about voice and feeling welcome and feeling allowed in relation to, uh, if I would want to do that in relation to my sexuality, I guess I would also make sure to invite people that I know will be able to support me in that and yeah. not have too much of their own exactly. rescripting to do at mm. the same time as I'm <laughs> rescripting yeah. somehow. Yeah. And it, of course it can be there. I guess what is most important now for this birthday, I I wanted to be with people that I know can hold themselves to a certain degree, even if they feel a little bit challenged. Mm. Um Yeah, and so one example was that I asked to be pleasured in a certain way and I wanted to be really like expressive, really loud with my voice and just go for it and move my body exactly as I wanted, even though there are people around. And I asked to help me in that. I asked the group to join me in the same intensity as it was building up. Um, And... It worked out a little bit different because at some point everyone was directed towards me instead of doing their own thing around me, which is what I initially imagined. But um, yeah, I think I already feel quite free in sounding, usually. And still this was a desire that came up quite strongly. So there's more there that mm-hmm. I want to feel free in or, or liberate in. And then to experience this in the group and actually go there with a little bit of like needing some courage, a little bit of fear. Um, it's so powerful to then afterwards notice the 
the wave of shame that just comes mm. very irrationally. Like, I, I wouldn't have expected it even so strongly. But to then be surrounded by people that I feel really loved by and that are just there and ready to hear what I need. Um, and I also had worry about certain people feeling overwhelmed. And what I needed in that moment was to have a check-in and just hear everyone's experience. Even if that wouldn't be reassuring, just to check, like a reality check, basically. That what you were feeling was coherent. Yeah. And that felt really grounding and I felt myself like by every person I heard sharing, like come back from like very, ooh, like up there in like, ooh, like I can't think clearly mm -hmm. anymore, like grounding down to the yeah, floor. Um, so that's one example of rescripting to... with consent of everyone around mm -hmm. to to search search that edge that I felt in myself. Mm -hmm. mm. And I think you're naming something that is like like coming back to the trust that we were talking about before, which actually comes down to I, I at least for me, like knowing exactly what you were saying, knowing that I trust that everyone in here can hold themselves. Yeah, to take care of themselves, in a sense, which doesn't which doesn't mean that they're not rescripting in the same moment as I am, mm -hmm. because that actually probably happens simultaneously. Mm -hmm. um, but that the that other people's around me transcription doesn't become overwhelming or too much, or or that they can that I can trust. Them that they will ask for what they need mm. afterwards. Like, yeah, also. Mm. Do you have an example? Of rescripting? I mean, in a sense, I would say most of the... most of the times when I have been using this only for, like, inviting it for myself, it's been about inviting something new maybe, mm -hmm. like some kind of transformation, which even if it's not clear what it is that I want to like off script or <laughs> like how to phrase it, it's definitely something new. Like, for example, with the belly blessing, like it was like scripting how amazing this birth was going to be, right? Mm -hmm. Or like with a name ceremony for, that wasn't for me, but for my son, it's, it's like painting a love story mm -hmm. in his name right for mm -hmm. everything that we want him to carry with him mm -hmm. in his life uh, so it's not a rescript really from uh, something that has been but more of a like in invitations well i think it's still a rescript because you have images of movies and of stories of how birth probably is and then you are so good in inviting the whole group on that belly blessing to share in duos how does your dream birth looks like look like and then like inviting them to give that back to you also while you're laying there and everyone is like 
you know, sh- like showering their dream birth on top of you. So you're really infused with all those words. Mm. So in a way, it is also rescripting from whatever unconscious image you had of birth yeah. yeah with birth i would i would definitely say it was a re rescription yeah <laughs> yeah with the name ceremony not so i i, I don't know what i would call that <laughs> you know like if you have ideas of all the horrible things that can happen to your kids so we're just gonna like shower <laughs> with love uh, but I felt like it didn't really come from a place of, at, at least not consciously, from a place of of thinking of all the bad things that could happen and rescripting that into the good. No. Um, so I think there's definitely the, the moments where I realize there's patterns in me and I don't want to bring them. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, with a transition in relationship, for example, um, that I'm like, I feel done thinking or you know like relating to this thing in this way and I need help to like remake my relation to how I relate to this person or to mm-hmm. to this love um, and then it's definitely a, a rescript mm-hmm. of like maybe how I see another person how I see our relationship how how I want to interact with it mm-hmm. Um, and then when it comes to I'm I'm thinking about like more group sessions where it's been like this condensed Mm -hmm. intentional space Um, a lot of the times I think it's been around like shameful I mean both you and and Grace have also been amazing in like uh, helping everyone to kind of access these things that might be shameful. Uh, feel before, shameful. Feel, yeah. yeah, sorry. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Smack me on the butt. Yeah. Um, feel shameful. Uh, because they kind of hold desires also of mm-hmm. reliving that in... Uh, reliving some story but like without the shame reliving the same story but with a lot of like acceptance and love and maybe even pleasure Mm -hmm. in there um and so and i mean sexuality for me has been holding a lot of shameful like don't be too loud for example like Mm -hmm. don't ask for too much like Mm -hmm. give more than you receive and and like always be um always kind of be ready to meet the other person like I can't lose myself too much or Mm -hmm. um, maybe lose myself is the wrong word but somehow like I don't don't let let go too Mm -hmm. much yeah Um, and so all of these things are have definitely been like very it's a very supportive space Mm -hmm. to to access what has felt shameful before and see can I can I relive this in a way that feels held and mm-hmm. and uh, supported mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and maybe orgasmic mm-hmm. yeah and there I, I uh, like there comes in like 
what I believe to be the healing power of pleasure or desires, like where our turn on is, where we're where we have a lot of energy for, I believe is what brings wholesomeness to us. And so I I just have the belief that we all um our like subconsciously want to grow towards wholesomeness we want to integrate all parts like everything that we've been pushing away or suppressed or that isn't fully like that is part of us but we don't recognize it as a part of us i believe that our desires and our pleasure if if we're really listening to it will help us to like bring it back to us or or heal or expand mm. or grow or um so also those shameful parts or painful parts um and then beyond that also just uh how we flourish like how do you decide which new project you're taking on in your job it's like in the best scenario it's what excites you most mm. I'm really excited about this topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would love to share the second desire I brought in mm-hmm. on my birthday. It was a bit more vulnerable. Um, so the months before this uh, birthday celebration happened, I also had some quite intense therapy sessions and there I really got to see my fear of um, how things can end how relationships can end and I think I have been we've both been confronted by that even more last winter um, with someone very close to us getting the news of um brain cancer and I think part of the like starting the therapy was me still also integrating all the ripple effects of that in our relationship also and and so I could really see through the therapy more and more how avoiding that fact that life is has a beginning and an ending and and every everything has a beginning and an ending that I've that avoidance has also been keeping me from really daring to stand fully in things. And it may sound weird, <laughs> but my longing on my birthday was to actually really meet that very real with those friends that were there. And I also realized that I was still holding on to some exes of mine or past friends in a way that is not serving me, like, they're not really in my life anymore. And still I'm, like, keeping space, or I was keeping space in my heart, and it it created less space for the people that are really here. And so I asked if everyone could, everyone that wanted to join, could step towards me one by one and say something in the sense of, like, you know, we're really close now. And one day we might go different paths. Or one day one of us might die. Or 
whatever it is that that came to them and i also had some pictures with me from those axes that i was still holding on to and my friends like some of them represented one of those people um, and then every time when when someone was in front of me and had spoken they went um, behind me until the whole group was behind me and I didn't see them anymore but I could like practice feeling them still there like their presence so that was a very emotional desire like not really mm. what people would call sexual or erotic <laughs> um, but it was so incredibly valuable for me to do this in this setting and to really meet that fear and then afterwards to feel when we were standing in a circle and uh, um, my friend was suggesting to hold hands and I could feel how I couldn't look at anybody and how there was actually beyond the the sadness that I felt there was actually anger and I was like why would I even invest in you now if you're leaving anyway? And I was really feeling that stronger in that moment. And I had never realized that that's something underneath there mm. that is probably playing out under the surface anyway, a bit in everything that I do. How was it for you to be in that? It was very touching. I, you know, speaking about what we spoke about before, how... Like, even if you don't recognize yourself in a story, there's usually some kind of basic human emotion within that story that your nervous system and, you know, this human life can relate to or you as a human being can relate to. And and the story of, of goodbye, I think, is so... I mean, at least for me, it's very close by. Um, and it was so... I mean, I couldn't even tell you the words of I might be leaving when <laughs> I could just say, hello, I'm Lisa. <laughs> I was crying so much that I couldn't speak. Um, I think I said, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's such a beautiful example of how like your, what your need and your desire was in that moment could be so healing for the, for a for a whole group. And you haven't, you hadn't checked in before. Like, is there someone else that has this, you know? Like, maybe we should choose this need. It was just also because it was your birthday, right? So it was just clear we were going to do this. But it really, it really had an effect on the whole group. And I'm, I'm, I'm also thinking about, like, what you were saying, how you accessed, like, an actual anger. Um, and how it can also show that doing these things, like, maybe it won't, directly lead us to like oh orgasmic uh, relaxation I feel so good everything is all healed but it's like a step along the way mm -hmm. um as in asking for what you want it's like it's it's also like with sex right we don't we like I'm not in it only for the orgasm and then it's like gonna be explosions and and roses for the rest of my life like <laughs> I I'm it's an alive process mm -hmm. of it's going to move me maybe to another layer on the onion, you know, mm -hmm. to something else, like to, to more of myself. Um, and it's a, 
it, it at least for me, like it's a practice to actually receive that mm-hmm. uh, and with, you know, with grace somehow and not feel like, damn it, I like, I want, I wanted to feel so good after this mm-hmm. emotional release that I had. Like sometimes I can, I can feel like that. Like I've had my emotional release now. Shouldn't I be feeling, yeah. you know, flowery? <laughs> like where's my afterglow? Um, and how... I mean, I guess it can be both that you're still surrounded by a, a group of people. For me, it's supportive mm-hmm. to to also see that we're all peeling off the onion somehow. Mm-hmm. Like, because I I feel that at least in my experience, everyone was really touched mm-hmm. by uh, by that desire that you shared with mm-hmm. us, um, and it it left everyone feeling something yeah for themselves yeah and for you it was anger for someone else it was like maybe frustration and for another person it was like i just need to be like no one look at me i just need to be alone and go out for like five minutes you know and another person needed touch for you Mm -hmm. it like really (laughs) it was such a beautiful example of how you know you peel off one layer that was like somehow everyone got help from you to peel off that layer, but then everyone kind of needed something different mm-hmm. for 10 minutes mm-hmm. to to have like aftercare. Yeah. Which is, I think, a little bit what these like intentional group spaces does. Like mm-hmm. maybe you peel a few layers together, but then everyone needs their, their aftercare mm-hmm. somehow. Maybe you can actually create that in the space mm-hmm. too. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's just in this setting, everyone felt free to yeah, yeah, go outside or have a dip or, but I, yeah, it's it's really like with the example of the anger that I felt now. For some reason, I haven't felt safe or comfortable enough to feel that anger before, and to then be in that group of you know, people that for me symbolize love <laughs> and support is like learning that it's okay to feel that anger and that it's safe to feel that anger like, uh, or whatever mm. someone else is feeling also. Mm. I think that this is a really beautiful example of how desire playgrounds that I don't know if, if you would call it that, but can it doesn't need to be all sexual or mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be all like it's orgasmic in its own way mm-hmm. <laughs> somehow yeah it's like emotional orgasms <laughs> a little bit i mean when i'm talking about like orgasmic breath work i'm i also often clarify it as like it's not orgasmic in the sense of like it's going to be flowery and bliss it's orgasmic in the sense of all of life is welcomed and included and the whole emotional spectrum as well and for me that is actually what orgasmic means like Mm. like the full spectrum of aliveness including that in and welcoming that in your experience Mm. and i think in that sense that felt orgasmic for me but it's maybe it's a bit a broad sense of the word for most people but there was definitely like I've I felt myself way bigger. 
than mm. than a few hours before. Yeah. Yeah. I I have a curiosity now speaking about this with you. Like, when was your first? connection or contact or clarification of like what you were doing like what was a what you would now call like a sacred playground and asking like a, des- a desire playground like when did it become clear for you was it like an at happening when when you experienced it yourself or did you experience someone else's desire and when it became clear like wow this is something I want to do more or, or work with or mm-hmm it was actually um i think it was called desire midwife midwives and it was part of a training that i did and a friend of mine who who um introduced it and it was a very different format it was way more planned ahead and people writing on letters what they want and then uh the desire midwives asking the people that would be involved and it's more like a theater like there's a whole group watching and witnessing and some are in the middle two or five or Mm. um and so it's a it's a different format and it was so powerful to me uh what about it was powerful I just feel so alive witnessing people in what feels really dear to them. Or no, well, witnessing people exploring their edge or in all the vulnerability. Like the requests that were made were not just like little fantasies that, oh, I would like to do that. Like it was like, I mean, the desire midwives also chose the ones that were most, like, touching them Mm. to read. So I felt just really, really alive and so connected to everyone there. Like, so, so much togetherness to support each other's flourishment. Mm. Hmm. So it was actually witnessing others more than having your own desire. It was more witnessing others because I had a desire in there. But it was not the most impactful moment. Mm. Actually, the most impactful moment was... uh, I don't know where this person was from. I think... It wasn't Russia, but like that kind of language. And that person asked for other people to be like German soldiers and pin her down and kind of like assault her, but Mm -hmm. then in a pleasurable way and that there would be, and then (laughs) there were even like a few of them just like soldiering around, like with like German (laughs) words. And it was so comical and also so at the same time, so touching and so deep. And I think so many of us are still having the remnants of war inside of us, like our grandparents and our, like they they all lived it. So it was really like also touching the whole group, 
and yet we could laugh like mm-hmm. just a mixture of all of it uh, that's just one example but they really stayed with me I think that's something that you're also really good in is like when when there's a little bit of a uncomfortable emotion to just go more into it until it becomes humorous or like you know exaggerated and I think that's one way of finding acceptance or finding like navigating it and I really enjoy that in you Mm. yeah I'm thinking about how you have once in a workshop used the word uh, desire midwife have I I don't know Mm. if it came from the same probably but then we had also we were in couples and so if we were in one couple I we we heard each other's desires and I would be like your sidekick somehow like when we would present to the group what what desires there were and so I would also be like your wing, wing person your, yeah wing yeah. person maybe that was the word yeah. you were using um just to give an example that somehow you like because sometimes it's also like especially when it's the first times it can be really challenging to not only voice it for another person but then to voice it for a whole group Mm -hmm. like and it was just such a nourishing feeling also to support someone else so closely like Mm -hmm. really wing someone else's desire yeah yeah Um, we use that in the weekends also it's a really like because you already feel like even if you don't know that person from before it's like you already like are in a team like (laughs) your person yeah yeah (laughs) And it also invites to like, you know, you can, I can be the wingman for my friend. Like I want to be the wingman mm-hmm. for my friends. Right. And it's a really good, it's a really awesome friendship practice. Yeah. <laughs> really basic and a really nice one. One more thing that comes up for me is uh, recently I was blobbing to you again in an audio message after I had seen someone from many years ago, and um, I'm going to say a bit more about it, but what you gave back to me is like, wow, I love how you, I don't know how you phrase it, but I love how you're having your desired playgrounds or like your, those intentional moments, but then in daily life. And I I hadn't thought of it before like that, but it really was a re-scripting that felt super powerful for me. Um, when I was uh, 17, I was just madly in love with this man. <laughs> or like, yeah, I don't know, boy, man. <laughs> mm. um, and it was one of the first like sexual relationships I had and so a lot went wrong and I really went over my own boundaries I was pleasing so hard and I was really not being honest about how he was meeting me or not meeting me Um, or asking clearly for what I needed to feel safe or any of that and now after mm, yeah more than eight years I met again with him and I could feel that there was still so much emotions like I can there's a strong attraction Mm -hmm. and this time 
in this slow meeting, in this friendly meeting, I could see after some time the same patterns coming up of me wanting to, wanting something very badly. Um, but this time, before there was any sexual meeting, before there was any, like, I could just trace this, like, hey, but do you really want this too? Can you tell me that you want me to stay longer? Or are you kind of neutral? And I could feel this little girl that had been playing out when I was 17 so strongly of like, I really need him to want me. Like, <laughs> otherwise I'm not going to be okay. <laughs> and to just be aware of that voice now and say, I'm going to be okay. Mm. And to tell him, then I think I need to go now. If you can't tell me that you would really like me to stay longer. And I felt so much grief. You heard me in the voice message. I was really crying my eyes out <laughs> on the way back. And it wasn't for this time. It was for, for the first time. Mm. And it really felt like a rescripting. And I was just so lucky that I could do this with the same person. And now talk with an adult man that was being really honest and vulnerable too. Mm. And of course, that's not always possible to rescript with, I don't know, is it your parents, is it your grandparents, is it whoever you experience something with, to to do it with them and have and their to be brave enough to want to do it with that person. Yeah, because it gets really, really real. <laughs> mm. You're a very brave player in life. <laughs> I think we both are. I think we love it too. Or? Mm. <laughs> I, feel, I feel really met in the desire, joy with you. Like how you made the name ceremony and how you made the valley blessing and your birthday and it's like realizing that I can create spaces that that feel really pleasurable for me. Like it's really hard to not do it when you yeah. tasted it a few times. Now I just want to have a birthday every every <laughs> month. <laughs> yeah, it's so different to think of like, okay, I want with those people, and what do what do I think this group wants? Mm -hmm. I've been feeling into how it is to create workshops and retreats from that place more. And of course that's different because I need to also feel a bit like, okay, what what's needed and what have I heard is wanted, but then also what would I want? And like create from that place mm -hmm. more. Hmm. I think it feels complete for me. This is such a nice couch to sit in with you. Yeah. Talk with some kind of audience. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for having this talk with me. My pleasure. Mm. My pleasure. <laughs>